welcome to episode 366 of Texing, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and the fantastic Jason Roberts. Um, today is Sunday, another fantastic day, and I'm speaking with Jason. Yay! So what's uh, what's new? What's you going were just, on? Uh, you were just telling me. You were just texting me about that um, that voice technology that we spoke about the last show. Right. It was like eleven. It's called Eleven Labs, or what's it called? Yeah, Eleven Labs. Yeah. Yeah. I just happened to. I was just wasting some time on Twitter earlier, and I, I popped up, and I'm like, that sounds familiar, and uh, sent it for a free trial. And I guess I, I did. I had to run to get ready for the show and and everything. And but at the it, I guess you just have to upload like one minute of voice, of, of clear voice It's like a, 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 a minimum of a minute. It's weird. Right. They give you a, a minimum. I, I looked I looked after you after you said, because I thought it ha- was much more complex and in-depth than that. Mm-hmm. And that is actually for the for the professional enterprise level. But for just the basic, everyone can test it out. Just upload um, up uh, a minimum of a minute, up to 10 megabytes. And uh, Did you do it? Well, oh, uh, well, let's have a look. Um I'll just I'll just click I'll just click play right now and, and yeah, see if see. anything interesting comes up. Right. Okay, so uh, so is this real or is it Memorex? That's is question. this is this real or is this Jason? Okay, is Justin smarter than me? Yes, totally. Is Justin an awesome guy? Oh, for sure. I mean, this guy Justin is my hero. He told me I should use version control. He was totally right. He even told me to start writing database migration scripts. OMG. Just wow! Now I use version control and database migration, and it's all because of Justin. What a great guy! <laughs> I gotta, I gotta hand it to you. That sounds like me, but it doesn't sound like me because I would never say those things. But it that was amazing. That was amazing. That was just how much did you upload? I mean, I just can't believe it. It only let me upload a small part. Um, like I just like I, I uploaded 10, 10 megs. I didn't have enough chance to uh, upload my own voice because it was only like ten minutes uh, time I had. But <laughs> yeah, well, I just for for you people, I was at Chipotle in a line that just would not move, and I was texting Justin to say, you know, hey, I'm running a little behind. FYI, you know, check this out if you got time. And so that you know, you only had a few minutes, but that's that was that's amazing technology, isn't right? it? I mean, and if you had actually said something, if you had actually written something that was a little more realistic, <laughs> it would have been extremely difficult to tell. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing: like that's only just just with, uh, I guess it must be like five minutes of audio. Like if you could actually train the model with a significant amount of our audio, probably a couple of hours, I think that it would be really good, really good. Especially capturing like laughter and yeah, a lot. But it's only just it's only just beginning. This is only version. This is only version one. Dude, I mean, I mean, it's like it's it's amazing already. It doesn't have to get really any better. I mean, you know, talk about deep fakes. I mean, <laughs> I mean if we do uh, deep audio fakes, <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, so, so someone just posted um, in Discord. Who was it? Um, Alfie um, <clears throat> just posted a link to. Unreal Engine, like what's happening with Unreal Engine Five? So we've we've got this uh, this convergence of all this deep fake this this fake technology that's just incredible. Like the Unreal Engine is going to be able to create just complete movies. Like you you cut you can will not be able to tell. And then you're going to have deep fake audio, and then you're going to have deep fake scripts. 
um, just coming up with the, with the chat GPT stuff. Like the whole thing is just going to be able to create entertaining stuff just instantly. You're just going to well, be able to say, give me a movie about, you know, like some some like ninja guy. <laughs> you're going to be able to write a basic plot and you're going to be able to sit back and watch a really interesting movie for an hour. A really interesting movie about ninjas. Just about right. whatever you want. Like, just get, you know, get, get, make it full of plot, you know, twists and turns and stuff. Well, um, you, you know, they have those, those face, face generation software where you can just generate fake looking people. They look like real people, but they're fake. People have never existed, yeah. right? They have those already. And I just saw something a couple of days ago about a, a de-aging technology. So they can, they can age and de-age somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, oh so yeah, I've seen that. You That's could say, amazing. "Well, I want a young Sean Connery in yeah. a video. We're gonna, you know, we're trained on his voice. We can train the video on what he looks like, but we want him when he's twenty-seven, not when he's this age or that age." And um, you know, I was I was thinking about that earlier today. Actually, um, I think what's going to happen is actors and actresses will essentially be managing their IP. So there are there, you can you say you can use my likeness and and, and they and you be in all kind of movies I never even acted in. Right? Oh yeah. And so you could say, well, okay, so let, let's say there's someone really in demand and they're in their book they have a movie, but then this other TV show wants to use them in another movie and say, well I can't be it, but you can use my likeness and maybe they get paid, you know, fifty cents in the dollar for them not to act in and actually act but then to use an AI generated version of them. Right. And then you could have the estates of these people after they've died. So like George Clooney dies 20, 30 years from now, his estate is still licensing George Clooney likeness, his his AI generated versions of him. And he's still in movies for 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 decades as a result of that. Right. Well, yeah. And, and you're going to get well, two things. You're going to get actors who come from nowhere, who never went to acting school who become incredibly famous because their likeness uh, is just really appealing. Because there's so many people like that who just have a fantastic likeness, but they probably couldn't act to save their life. Um, and, but and that, you would can be also... harder, that would be harder to imbue somebody's look. I'm not saying it won't be possible. This We're saying all kind of amazing things. To take someone's look and say, okay, they have the mannerisms, the intonations, the, the sort of... Um, the the look in their eye that uh, that you know you might associate with a De Niro or somebody who's just an exceptional or Daniel Day Lewis somebody who's an exceptional actor, but we need them to look like this other type of person. And we have the person, we have their look. This person is great. They just are not a five star actor. So we're going to do, you you combine them. That I think that that'd be harder to do. But I, you know, I mean, given what we've seen, I mean, given this demo of the voice, which I'm sure they could do it. I mean, that's what I was just about to say. Like there'll be there'll be two. There'll be two things. There'll be one where people are sort of doing their own likeness, capturing themselves in and sort of doing different takes, different acting, whatever. And then that they'll you'll create a model from that. And there'll be another one where there are studios just creating like you just described, amazing characters from scratch. They'll just have they'll just be able to tweak parameters and just create a whole new person. Because you you can see on this on the on these sites where it says this person doesn't exist, mm-hmm. they create insanely good looking people out of 
a composite of a whole bunch of other people because that's really what we are i mean that's what dna is right that's what that's what dna does in the first place and you get this new variant and it's like oh that's it's that you know that person is a star like that person's got star qualities and so they'll do that they'll just create all these random people and they'll find the ones who have star qualities and then they'll bring them in and give them acting personality and all this kind of stuff it's going to be insane and there'll be two types. Just just before you say something, before you say something smart, because you're probably going to say something smarter than what I'm saying right now. Something um, smart ass. <laughs> yeah. Like they'll. I also think there'll be two two levels of streaming services. I think they'll be like continue to be like the Netflix, but someone's going to come out with a streaming service that will let you kind of create this stuff, create these mix and match stuff, all these movies that we're describing, and then on there there'll be two classes of citizens. There'll be the one person who are the creators and the one person who are the consumers, and it's going to be just like now but people will just be prompt engineering and creating amazing movies on this netflix style service and then they'll be charging two bucks to watch their movie and then other people will be looking at that person's stuff because they are so good at creating stuff <laughs> so when you say two classes of people you talk about the eloy and the morlocks so the the morlocks are gonna live underground and the eloy are gonna sit up time just create <laughs> streaming stuff to keep the morlocks at bay is that yeah is that I, what we're talking I mean, pretty about pretty much it's gonna be it's gonna be um <laughs> It's being a creator is going to be really interesting. Like well, so many parts, it, it, it is already. But well, th- you know, if you think about how much you know, TV in particular has evolved over the last twenty, thirty years, right? I mean, you had cable, then to DVR, and then to the streaming services. And one thing you've seen is just proliferation of options, right? Of TV series movies a lot of them are not necessarily of amazing quality but there's something for every niche right you, you know you, you were you were talking about i just love the korean shows and you're like big into the korean yeah. tv series and it's probably some subgenre of the korean series i mean like that would not be a thing that would not have been a thing 10 years ago oh yeah no so what are you even yeah. talking about what do you guys is there some like is there some sort of like you know little uh dvd place that specializes in foreign foreign uh, movies and stuff that you go down to you yeah. go to koreatown or something You're like no no you know i mean like that that would have what that's what it would have taken i remember i did that years ago so it was spring break and my buddy uh so my my uh two of my buddies from high school we went out and spent um i say my we were three of us were friends from high school. So a friend of mine, Jesse, and I flew out to uh, California to spend spring break with Mitchell, and who was and his girlfriend, who was in grad school, and they had this nice place in Oakland. And one of the things we did is we went into Chinatown, and there was like a like a um, DVD type of store. I don't even think it was DVDs then. I think it was just like VHS or whatever. And we got all these Jackie Chan movies. Mm. But that was like really weird, right? Like Police Story and Project Day and all these kind of things that nobody had ever heard of. Like we we just um, um, we binged Jackie Chan movies before binging was a thing because you just couldn't do it. But now, like you said, it's this that's not it's you know, and you can binge Jackie Chan as much as you want. Now, as you're suggesting, another five to ten years, you can create your own Jackie Chan movie. Just license some Jackie. There just license the Jackie Chan movie Jackie for a limited Chan release. Movies. You can just keep on. Yeah, I want like I want Mission Impossible Five, Jackie Chan, but you know, whatever you do the Chat GPT, but you know, but Jackie Chan or Jackie Chan's estate 
will license the stuff out, right? So it's like you you know you you know it's just like um having your music played on the radio and you pay a licensing fee or whatever publishing, you know, whatever the radio stations pay to the the music publishers and you get a few cents on the dollar. And so um really interesting actors actresses will just they'll probably make a ton of money. Maybe they've only did one or two movies or one or two TV shows, but for whatever reason that character um, or at versions of that character just you know are are useful in all these different types of movies and they just make a ton of money that way um uh, who's that guy who i love jeff buckley just did one just did one album who Je- who? he's a he's a singer you you probably don't know him but this is the kind of person who would have a real uh sort of second life through this so jeff buckley died but he did a one album called grace that was very very successful and is just this amazing piece of art and you just you just take his voice and then just make him do a bunch more albums and it could just be it would just be fantastic to have i jeff think buckley you know more jeff buckley yeah i think um Elvis i think Presley. we'll see music and audio at scale before we'll see uh video or movies it's just harder to do um, yeah, there's more data required. Yeah. yeah, way, way more data. It's just more complex to pull it off and make it look really good. I mean, um, whereas I imagine that we're on the cusp of being able to do what you're describing. I mean, we're probably within five years of of making it where someone can publish an album with, uh, you know, you could say like, whatever, you, you'll see like kids, they'll do like a, who who are singers and who's, one of their parents was a famous singer and they'll do like a duet with them or whatever. You see that happen every once in a while and they'll do still, but, but on something pre-recorded on that exact song, but now you can do it uh, with something new. Okay. But, but do, do you agree with me that we'll be able to uh, create an ever ending, a never ending version of texting now? Like, I don't think with this, with this version of the, with the voice technology, but probably let's say within five years, with the voice technology and the GPT technologies, pretty much all you need is good um, analysis of current events to understand our our personal uh, sort of quirks, mm-hmm. and then plugging into our voice models, and then just do a show, <laughs> just do like a a one hour show every week, and it will just be probably quite good. It might be. That's I don't know what that says about us. It's kind of sad that we could be reproduced by a, a large language model. That's well, you know, it's actually one thing that you could do is uh, after people die, the family members exactly. can say, I want to have a conversation with my dad. Yeah. You know, and if you it, have some really like they would never died. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, you know, and especially, especially if you had AGI. Um, well, forget AGI. That's, that's no, no, thing. no, seriously. No, but let's, hold, this... hold up on the AGI. You're like, the singularity, AGI. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, like wormholes. To the AGI. Like, okay, like, come on. Like, that's, that's, you don't even need AGI. But if, if, if you had their email history, you could train off their email history so you understand kind of how they communicate, the kind of words they use. Um, so you don't have to have like, uh, you know, years worth of, uh, of podcasts. But you have some audio. You have some audio, but then you also personalize um, the kind of things they say and the way they say them. That would feel very natural. Now it's kind of it could be kind of uncanny valley that would just really creep people Mm. out, you know. Um, But I could see that being a thing for sure. But especially, I mean, in our situation where we do have all that audio, um, I think that could. I could just be doing a show. You know, after you kick the bucket, I'll just be doing a show with you. (laughs) That's right. I'll just be there for decades. Be like. (laughs) 
oh man texting's over justin kicked the bucket no no we're good we get i mean the assumption is that i kick the bucket but honestly you could kick the bucket you do risky things i think we all know whose whose bucket is getting kicked (laughs) you do risky things you go skiing more than i do so there's a chance there's a chance but even if you do kick the bucket it's not a problem i think we know where the smart money is on this one we know that you are going to cryo freeze your head as you've already explained i've never said that i was gonna cryo freeze my head you like to say that but i'm gonna cryo freeze my whole body Oh, your whole body. I don't know why you always say head. You just like to be a smart aleck, but uh, no. Oh, it's I don't. I don't have to get the. I don't have to get the the steerage the cheap version. version. I'm the first class, dude. Come on, <laughs> you first class, dude. Well, you know, I just there's a um, so a buddy of mine, the same one I visited in. Uh, I was telling Mitchell, he's a, uh, he's like uh, he's sort of an amateur expert on the anti aging biotech stuff. So he knows all the companies and all the researchers and everything that's coming out. And he was coming up with the Yamanaka factors. And it was funny. I was watching an all in podcast. I was listening to that last night or two nights ago. And um, David Freiberg, who's our local science nerd, and he and his science, they have the science corner. And um, he was talking about the Yamanaka factors and how much success it's had with mice and all these amazing things, which my buddy Mitchell talked to me about a couple months ago. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, like, we're, we're close. The Yamanaka factors, that's it. And I'm like, well, Mitchell, I mean, we're in our 50s, man. Like, you got to make this thing happen. Yeah, it's <laughs> we're running out of time, dude. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. No, no, no. He's serious. You know, so that's, that's one of his uh, to- hot topics. But yeah, I mean, the, the life extension type of stuff, and it doesn't mean live forever meaning trillions live of to years or whatever yeah but you know why why can't, why can't you live to 150 why can't you mm. live to 200 mm-hmm. why do you why do you have to why do you, why is 80 or 75 like okay but 130 isn't well it's cleaning up well well you know what you know what's going to happen it's going to be exactly like well not exactly like but very similar to coding where you sort of you're sort of coding and then at some point you find a glitch a new can of worms that you have to kind of uncover so i think one of the big ones is like clearing out the gunk of the the sen- senescence is that what senescence, it's called senescence uh, yeah senescence yeah. yeah so once they've, they 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 get, they're getting close to that clearing out the gunk and then that will and then it's the telomeres and then and then oh, they'll the telomere be... lengths well i think I, I i haven't i haven't actually i got to be honest with you Mitchell sent me several of these articles and i have not read one so unfortunately i'm not going to sound as smart as i should smart if i just did my damn homework but um at least talking at least david freyberg was talking about the um it has lots to do with the epigenome, epigenome um, information loss, and not actually the DNA itself. So, which is yeah. nice. So DNA is intact. It's sort of like that next level of information loss. And that, you know, my 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 um my thought on this all along has been that it's just it's just sort of an information theoretic problem. You know, we are we are machines. We're very very complex machines. You know, just like. A, a a Turing machine is a computer, but it's not a computer. I mean, it's I'm using that word very loosely. So, um, but I don't. I, it's it's a, it's an engineering problem. It's not like there's I some law of physics the, we're violating or law of mathematics we're violating. I reckon the problem that they'll that they'll come up against once they work out the physical aspect of it, it's just like the information system of the brain is just not built <laughs> to last. You know, a thousand years or whatever. There's oh, probably I think be... so. I think so. They've, 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 they've. It's just been research talking about like we haven't even come close to using up all of our brain cells for anything. Like, and and most people don't learn a whole lot of new stuff. I mean, they are like, they have not learned much 
in the last 30 years and they're just going around in cycles, right? So it's not like every, you know, this this idea that everybody just can't contain all this new information. It's like people do the same shit. They watch the same type of shows. They have the same kind of conversations. Well, then why does our why does our brain already have memory storage functions like making us forget about stuff like it, it optimizes, you know, we, like boring stuff we just don't remember. That, that's already an optimization. Yeah. Well, I just the way it works. I mean, I, you know, from there is there's obviously an evolutionary advantage to that. Well, I mean, you could say the people, if you have perfect memory of everything, then you just, you know, think about, first of all, there's no need to. It's not necessary to have a perfect recall of everything from an evolutionary standpoint. You just have to have to just a, a sense of, of, of what happened um, and an ability for these things to generalize for learning. But, um, you know, if you people who have, per, who have really, really good you know, recall events. I mean, it's just they're they're living at the most embarrassing, most frustrating times, and they never forget them. But we tend to forget <laughs> yeah, them. Right. Think of all oh the stupidest God. things you've ever no, said. I, like I you, you remember, like there's like ten of them that you remember every once in a while. Like oh, oh God, you know, yeah, I, this, you know, you have those moments. You're like I don't want to remember any of those. I like I don't even want to remember those. You know, I already much less a hundred of those. A hundred, like God, <laughs> you know. Um, so. Are you going to build a, like a thousand-year math curriculum for Math Academy? Why would I it's do like, that? Just like, uh, just because you want churn, man, churn, churn, baby. Let's you, just no. You don't want those customers churning. <laughs> well, and if they're living to a thousand, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna need to get what? Like, how are you gonna keep them? Well, I don't, I don't know how to answer that question, but I don't think that's a serious <laughs> question. But you know, it's funny you bring that up because um, one of my adult users. Um, I did a um, about every few weeks. I'll do an office hours Sandy will schedule one and email everybody out. And have like an hour and a half Zoom that anyone can jump on and ask questions and whatever. And sometimes I'll have two or three people. Sometimes it'll be ten or eleven. Um, but I had uh, a couple of two of the three people that jumped on were adults, and both of them were guys who had uh, um, degrees in physics. One from Caltech, another one from. Uh, uh, an elite university in the Netherlands. And um, they're doing math academy. One's doing the linear algebra course and one's doing um, math for machine learning. And um, both of them, coincidentally, are really interested in what's now called geometric algebra, sometimes Clifford algebras, which is this pretty advanced abstract subject that that mm. sort of um, generalizes a lot of ideas that are in complex numbers and tensors and and matrices and you know all these kinds of things and um, but so but this they were both kind of talking about it they were like oh you like this stuff I like this too so they they got that I don't know if they're buddies but they were like wow you know I'm in this too and the guy holds up a book like, yeah, I have that book you know <laughs> so I'm like well I'm glad I could match make some friends <laughs> anyway so one of the guys emails me this morning and he's like hey jason i would are you have any idea is, is the bath academy team have any interest in creating a course on geometric algebra he's like because that would be awesome and he sends me this link it's like i know it sounds really niche but look at this it was called it's like a swift introduction to geometric algebra or something like that and there were six hundred and seventy four thousand views and they have a discord which I don't know what the numbers are. He said we really active Discord with a ton of people who are really interested in the subject. Hmm. And I was thinking, so first of me, I was like, dude, come on, like, <laughs> like, like that—that's kind of 
that's kind of high level and very specialized. I mean, we kind of have to get some of our university level courses, like our undergrad university level courses, like multivariable calculus and just in differential equations finished up, which are, are close. But then I started thinking, which I still think I need to do this first, but I started thinking, I said, you know, if I could get on the Discord and say, look, guys, we would consider building this course, creating this course, putting the, t- the time and money into it, if I can get a commitment from, from enough of you guys to say you'll give it a fair shot. Do it. Right? Like, of course. Like, and, if I, and if like we got, if I could get hundreds of people who said, I'm, in, I'm totally in, Jason, do it, I'll be on. And uh, you guys have to give it a fair shot. And when this stuff hits Hacker News or Twitter, you guys got to blow it up. You got to help, got to help a brother out, right? You got to, you got to like, I'll do that. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And, um, and Sandy goes, you know, I don't really think it would take that many customers to make it financially profitable to create a new course, you know, depending on how much, but she's like, she, you know, I said, yeah, we'd have to run the back of the envelope numbers, but given our life to our average lifetime value and da da da. So it might be something we could do. And I was kind of thinking about, it. I was like, you know, um, the great thing about doing a course on on sort of advanced niche topic right, that has a has a following is that is you're really niching down. So it's like, okay, well, what percentage of people are interested in geometric algebra as opposed to pre-algebra, or fifth grade math, like infinitesimal? You will be able to see it on the same part pie chart or something. However, the fraction of people who who whose kids are doing fifth grade math or even heard of Math Academy is is as effectively zero. Mm, exactly. But it wouldn't take long for the people interested in, in 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 geometric algebra. If you're interested in that, you know about Math Academy's course. Like we could yeah. we could own that category because we could be on the Discord. We create the course, get lots of feedback. They're talking about it. They if they if they like it, then they help sort of spread the word. You know on you know Hacker News and Twitter or whatever. And then and it's like okay, this is how people are learning the subject, dude. It's the Uber one city at a time strategy. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, well, I was, still, I, was, I was telling Justin we were because Justin uh, came over. We, we just went to lunch, and he was immediately like really skeptical. I said, and I told him, I said, "Listen, niching down is one of the ways that you can really spark, kind of spike your growth." I mean, I, mm-hmm. I remember hearing, um, which is it's it's this is pretty common uh, advice mm-hmm. from. Experienced entrepreneurs are like niche down, own the niche. Don't try and hit a mass market. It's way harder to market. It's way too competitive to market to fifth grade people who are looking for fifth grade math solutions, right? Because it's competing against Mathnasium and IXL and, you know, every other thing. But if you're looking for geometric algebra or Clifford algebra, there's like nothing. It's like one book, right? And so, um, you know, that and then you hit niche after niche. And I remember I, I was I told him the story that, you know, I remember um, – uh, Reed Hoffman was talking about LinkedIn and they had the um, the open networkers group or movement. Like there was this group of people who the, the early adopters on LinkedIn were these open networkers and they like they believed that everybody should be able to connect with everybody else. And they really helped drive the early adoption of LinkedIn. But at a certain point, Reed was had said, like, we can't do this. Like they were insisting you have to you do open networks, otherwise LinkedIn is gonna fail. This is absolutely necessary. But he knew that like people who are relatively famous or well connected are not going to want everybody to connect them because they will just be inundated with that stuff, and they just can't. They wouldn't be able to be on it without and get anything done. And so eventually, they had to say, "Well, we're we're making 
product decisions that are not going to appeal 100% to these people. And some of them may decide that they don't want to be on LinkedIn or whatever. But having a highly motivated, engaged group can really, even if it's really small, yeah, can really drive your growth. And when you're really small, you don't need that many people to get to break even or 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 or, or um or profit or profitable if you serve them well. No, I love it. What's it? What did you? What's it called? Um, ge- it, uh, geometric math. There's two geometric. words for it. There's um there's a geometric algebra, geometric and sometimes algebra. it's called Clifford algebra. I think. Okay. Um, um, I'll I'll put a link into the show. There's a um, a swift introduction to geometric algebra. He sent me this link. He's like, hey, just to show you, this has 674,000 views. And um, so it's not like this super niche thing that you yeah. think it is. It has 27 people watch it. And I was like, so I just thought it was interesting because you brought that uh, brought up about the thousand year curriculum. You know, like, well, this is pretty advanced. Because right. I mentioned it to Justin and he's like, uh, that's pretty, that's like graduate level stuff. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, it's advanced, but it's accessible. It's not like proof theorem, proof theorem, you know, theorem, proof theorem, proof. It's it's more like our linear algebra course, which is like people who are interested in three D graphics or or other types of things. This could be useful for them. Well, I was discussing with Georgie um, about Math Academy. We were just talking about it, and I was saying how you you you're really uniquely placed to do stuff like this mm-hmm. because you've got this crazy content team of PhDs, you know, and mm. you, and you, you can just kind of turn on a dime, you know? So if you, if you compare what you do, but also everything about math Academy is very, um, like even the diagnostic, I'm sure I like the diagnostic makes its decisions as it's go, as it goes along. And as you learn, it makes decisions and it adapts as you go along. There's nothing out there like this. Like there's nothing, no, no one can actually compete with this, which is insane. So you being able to do this is just another extension of just how, <laughs> I don't know, just how adaptable this whole thing is. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Yeah, well, you know, it kind of, um, you know, it's interesting when, I mean, we still got a long way to go. So let's put this in context. We're still not really to quite to break even, much less profitable. So, you know, much less recoup my investment. So it's early, early, early. But, you know, I... You're right in that, like once you get ahead of steam and you get you 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 your your core product is really delivering value. There often are so many other nearby opportunities or way to build on that. Like you think about um, people, Elon Musk, what did with uh, SpaceX, and now they do Starlink, right? Right, right. It's exactly. like, well, we do this, and well, how the hell? Well, then all of a sudden, nobody can compete, right? Nobody can compete with Starlink because he can, they can, they can uh, send satellites up at at, at pennies on the dollar compared to anybody else right it's uh um, it's a little bit like amazon you know um like doing the aws mm-hmm. you know sort of like we've well we've built all this stuff out we've got this capability so let's just you know let's market it yeah well um in in, in a similar in a, on a similar um vein i was i was listening to an interview with a guy who built um SQ, uh, sqlite yeah, which I think you're Love a fan that. of, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, uh, guy, the guy, the podcast is called Co-Recursive, which I think I may have heard people list on on, on the Discord before. So it's a it's a it's pretty good. Uh, I mean, he's good. The guy does a good uh, good job with interviews. And um, but what's interesting about this guy is he like did everything from scratch, 
right? Like he wrote he wrote it and I think he I think he wrote it in C. He didn't use a um parser generator like Yak or Bison or any of these things. He built the he built the SQL parser engine himself from scratch, partially because he didn't know any better. But as a result of that, he wasn't dependent on any of these other limitations because they end up having to do things that Yak or Bison really wouldn't support or didn't support at that time. So they were able to do all these things. They had freedom as a result. And mm -hmm. I, one thing along those lines too, I was thinking about the S1 for Duolingo when Duolingo came out. And one of the things that she was saying is like, they're not platform. They're not dependent on anybody. They built out all their own content. So when you create all your own content, it's not licensed from somewhere and you're kind of limited by how much you can change it and use it. That really puts you in a bind. And then it makes it easy for other people to compete. It's like, oh, we'll just go license some content and then we'll right, be on right. somebody. But you can't just buy, but you can't license a bunch of textbooks and be competitive with us because it's not even close to what we are. Um, you'd have to, you have to somehow, I mean, you might be able to use it to help get a little bit of a head start, but you would have years and years and years of grinding away and doing all the stuff we're doing. Um, so when yeah, you build it, all your, you'll build it, your content from scratch, you're not building someone else's platform. You have this kind of moat. But it's not just that you've built the content from scratch. I mean, I was just thinking it's like, because you you have structured it in the way that a, like the the well first of all the graph that Justin's built and second of all the structure of everything that you've done it's it's an adaptive structure I mean it has it 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 it's like it's built into that way that it's built into that machine it's like this holistic adaptive machine you can't take textbooks and turn it into that I mean just there's no there's no program that's going to go. Whoop. <laughs> and no. convert it into this adaptive no. system like that has to be built in by those phd people with everything that they write building on the next thing you know like it's all connected so it's this whole connective tissue thing it's it would be yeah. impossible like you couldn't you couldn't come in with a billion dollars and replicate this you know what i'm saying i mean well let's just say you could do that but it would take a fuckload of time well it's like I mean? nine women can't make a baby in one month Right, you can go hire <laughs> right. a ton of mathematicians and smart coders, right, right. but you still have to figure out how this stuff. Somebody, ha you have a small group of people, kind of figure out how to fit all this stuff together in a logical sense. But then you can't do it in a vacuum. You have to be doing it with feedback, students using it, understanding how to do it, um, and then the algorithms that the, the the mathematical algorithms that we built on this is is it's so complex. I was thinking about that the other day. So, yeah. so it was like. Um, I was driving home and I remembered there's a, uh, a, a guy I know who is uh, like a CTO of a big um, high frequency trading firm. They make a ton of money and they have a lot of super smart people. And he's like, at one point he was like, he's like, Jason, maybe we should have you come down and like give a talk, kind of like those Google tech talks or whatever. And, you know, I could come down and give them a talk about how the technology works generally and stuff. And, and even if I brought Justin, I said, Justin, give a high level view of the algorithms of 20 minutes. I mean, that would be so superficial. It'd be like getting a physicist to come in and talk about particle physics to a bunch of high schoolers. I mean, you're not really explaining particle physics. You're just kind of waving your hands. Well, you know, inside a battle, we got protons and neutrons and in the side there, we got this. And you're just kind of waving your hands and doing some very superficial thing. Kind of, people get a sense of it. They go, oh, that's cool. But, um, and I was telling him, I was like, what would it take, do you think, to explain this? Because he's he's written out a lot of it for uh, for, for between us, so we could kind of, you know, and but that's just very high level stuff. And um, I mean, if you, if you saw it, I mean, it's it's very mathematical and stuff. But even that are just kind of high level versions of it. And it's like it would, it would take like a series of papers. It'd be almost be like a graduate course 
you'd have to like a series of courses to really get someone to understand it because there's so much that we've built out, not just of the code and not just the content and not just the knowledge graph, but the algorithms that we use to pull, make all this stuff happen is like, is like, you know, it's like a, it's like its own subfield of mathematics. <laughs> it's really cool. It's not graph theory. It's its own subfield. It's pretty awesome. And I, I was like, I was, t- I was thinking about it and I was like, would you ever, I said, like, you know, I, I can't ask, ask a few questions about it. I say, would you uh, ever be interested in like teaching a course? Like, let's say years down the road, we're kind of post money. We don't really have to worry about. We're not as freaked out about protecting IP. Or not like we're freaked out now, but you're not worried about. It. You just, you know, written a series of. You've written a few papers to publish it to kind of for posterity. Would you want to give a teach course? He's like, nah, I don't really care. I just want to work on the the tech. I'm like, okay, um, but. Um, uh, but I said, you know what would be cool though is that we can write sort of like those those papers, those those blog posts that you you'll see from DeepMind periodically. Mm, exactly. They explain this stuff in a way that it's it's somewhat technical, so you can get a sense how it works. But it, there's nowhere near enough information that somebody could get a few smart people to go, oh, we can figure this out and build it up. It's not at that level. This was the the part that I was trying to explain to Georgie. I was uh, I was like, okay, there's there's a certain level of adapt adaptiveness that this has and behind it uh, formulas and that's and so you you've got this living breathing uh pathway mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's kind of hard to hard to explain people don't think of you know course learning are, that way yeah yeah but a really good a really great tutor is doing that Essentially, right. to sit down and said, "Okay, so we went over this. We've done this. You've struggled with this. You've done this." And they're kind of assuming they were really adapting to the student and crafting custom exercises and moving forward in the way that's that's ideal for the student. That's essentially what you're doing. But there's a lot going on in the tutor's mind to decide all the things that need to happen. Like, well, we're ready to do this. Like, we could review this but if we do that then we can count as a review then we'll move forward in this trajectory and i know you've struggled with this and this tends to be you know you're pulling making all these things but the amount of math uh, logical and mathematical decisions that are essentially underlying that are, are pretty vast and to do that to do that well and mm-hmm. um the other and also in terms of adaptability which is interesting uh, i was talking to one of our you know I was on that um office hours with a couple of those two guys and i said well he was like, oh, you know, I just, you guys, the stuff, you guys have really figured it out. You know, this, this makes it so, so easy to progress. And, you know, he was like, I got to hand it to you. And I said, but I said, but we also were improving the lessons. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you realize like we have data on every single decision the student makes every time, how long they take to answer a question, when they stall out, when they get stuff wrong. So we have tools that identify all of the lessons where students struggle and have a, a pass rate below a certain amount. So we say all kids, if say the you, we can just select all the lessons that were, that, that have had at least X number of times that students have gone through them. What are the lowest pass rates? And then we can look at that and we can inspect them and say, when are they failing? When, is it the first knowledge point? Is it the second knowledge point? Is it the third point? Oh, it's, a, it's like 80% of them are the second knowledge point. What's going on there? Duh. We need to split this out into two topics or make this so we're continuous. We have this... Um, a you know bunch of tools that Justin has built, a bunch of command line tools that Alex uses to continually identify all the lowest pass rates, either through ever, all of our courses or through specific courses. And then he says, okay, he, these are unacceptably low, and we keep making them easier and easier and easier to use so that 
it's like if you just put in a a reasonable amount and modicum of effort in your then you should be you should be able to move forward that is amazing i didn't even know that you were doing that yeah yeah well because i i told him you know and this is something i've i i would um remind alex i said listen when when a student struggles on a on a lesson and fails a lesson that could be the beginning of a series of fails because they just get emotional right kid does poorly they get frustrated they don't want they maybe they start guessing on the next one mom checks in with them so what happened today you know he's like well it was just too hard i didn't understand it and then there's a little bit of stress mom's a little frustrated well you need to do better and then that happens three or four times and mom's like you know what this is just too frustrating right so you want to limit now no kid is going to pass every lesson right that's just life i mean you wouldn't be learning if if everything was 100 percent. that's too easy but if there's too much struggle then it just becomes frustrating and if it's frustrating for the kid, then it becomes frustrating for the parents and stressful for everybody. And eventually, unless they're really, really committed to getting through this, they're just like, ah, it's just, I don't have time to deal with this. He's, my son doesn't want to do it. And, and you know, whatever. So, and like, mm. we need to, can, to aggressively attack any lesson that has a pass rate below X and then and is continually trying to massage them to get to the point that um, you know the the students are passing most of the lessons. So that that's that care and attention that you've put into all of the lessons. That that's exactly what you can do then, because that, that's the journey. That's the product journey, essentially. And so you're making the product journey more enjoyable if you just apply that exact same thing to the uh, to the onboarding and all the other parts of it exactly that's it well it's exactly that's i mean it. it's it's um so i read i redid all the the less the way the uis for the lessons and reviews to make them much more fun and uh the uis to just be yeah to me be more fun and enjoyable and because that's the center of the app for the student that's what the student spends most of their time doing right um and then of course it's like i said improving the material itself but the one thing that i'm working on right now which i've talked a lot about is the email interface with the parents right mm. keeping the parents informed about what's going on so if your student fails a lesson right and they failed it because they they missed a question and then they guessed the next three out of frustration parent needs to know that like why did you get your xp but they already got an email it says looks like Johnny failed a lesson. Here's why. Sometimes younger students get a little frustrated and they start guessing. It looks like he guessed. As you can tell, he took seven seconds, four seconds, and three seconds of last two questions. And then mom goes, mm. okay. And said, we find, you know, recommended how, how to, how to address this situation, kind of a strategy. You know, when a student struggles with something, we recommend let them take some time off come back the next day or whatever. Sometimes it's good to sit down with them, do a few lessons with them, model for them the right way to, you know, to, you know, to read an example or to do things on pencil and paper, you know, just kind of reinforcing the right mm -hmm. approach. But what you need to do is, is keep parents constantly in the loop of what's going on, good things and bad things. Whoa, they just got promoted mm -hmm. to the new thing. Wow, you know, the higher league, whoa, they're just, they're now 50% of the way through Algebra 2, only two months to go. And, the, you know, just kind of things like that. Wow, you're, you know, your student just did, you know, passed, you know, just uh, past 10 lessons in a row. Good things for the parents to feel good about. But also when a, when a student, oops, doesn't look like Johnny has done 
a lesson in three days. And mom's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what? What's going on? You know, hey, get get off Netflix. Do your, you know. So you want to give the parents, keep them informed. You have events that are firing constantly that a parent should know about. But then you also want to be giving them encouragement. You want to give them tips and strategies. You want to, you want to be educating them on the way. So we have the sort of emailing system, notification system I'm building has two parts. One, when events happen, so some event student fails a lesson. Maybe they were guessing. Maybe they got a negative penalty. Maybe they got a penalty, you know, negative XP. This is a good opportunity. Uh, this is this could be a good opportunity to explain several things. But then we need to look back and go: Have we sent event emails already today? Maybe we don't want to send this one today. Maybe we want to wait a day, right? Or maybe we mm-hmm. um, we actually already talked about XP. They know what XP is. Maybe we need to talk a little bit about why what to do when a student gets negative xp or what that means have you built like a cms for this or is this all sort of hard-coded in arrays and stuff at this point oh no i have like a uh, for the you know for the email the emails for the email stuff and the email triggers and all that kind of thing oh um so the so what i do is i have an object a notification object that represents each notification because it has its own logic to it and the logic can be mm. complex because when whenever you're about to fire off a, a notification, it needs to look at the notification history for the particular recipient and say, okay, like I don't want to machine gun this mom with seven emails because mm. the kid failed seven in a row because they were guessing and just being, you know, difficult. And the parents can be like, what the hell's going on? Right. You want to send one email and say, well, it looks like Johnny had a meltdown today, you know, or something, right? Um and y- so you you just just like a thoughtful tutor would do. Here's what needs to happen, right? Um and so you have an object that represents the notification, and then that and that loads from a template the actual HTML. So I create like a custom HTML with the content in there because it's you know it has some logic so in does there. The, so does the notification of itself? Is there like some supervisor orchestrating all the notifications to one person, or is it like within the notification object that ha- that sort of understands? Yeah, understands it. Yeah, the notification object. So there, there's two things. So there's the Let's say that you created a um, student failed lesson notification or something, okay? When it would construct itself, before it would send it, it would load up the metadata for all the the notification history for that parent. Maybe there's 75 going back six months or something like that. And it says, you know, it would look through and go, when was the last time we sent one of these types of emails? Oh, it's been six weeks. Probably not a bad time to remind them. When a student does this, you know, um, or we just sent something about this two days ago. Let's let's just lay off, right? They it's just going to be annoying, mm-hmm. right? Like your parent was going to get annoyed if you continue to remind the parent that the kid is not doing what they're supposed to do. The parents going to be like, okay, I know, I get it. My kid is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. So you don't want to piss parents off, right? So the system, but that's how then each notification handles. So how its many own. does the note is is it like the notification object just hooked in a lesson completion and you just have that one hook, or is there different areas of the the code that that hooks into the notification system. Yeah, anywhere on the code that I want to, you know, kid gets something wrong, they do this, they do that. But then I also have um, something that's going to run every a notification processor that's going to run every hour or two, and it'll just look for time delayed type of messages. It's like, you know, like for instance, student has started the diagnostic but hasn't finished it, and it's been three days. You know, hey, why don't we get back on the diagnostic? Or, hey, student hasn't done something in a couple of days. Or, you know, we have, or maybe 
we like to send out almost like a drip email about educating the parent about how the system works because there's a lot of complex things about the system that people do not understand and you need to educate them. But you need to do a little bit of time because they're not going to have the patience to read a white paper on this thing. But you've got, but I'm just curious, like how, so are you like doing, a, is that a rules-based thing? It's like, okay, um, you, you're sort of hand coding in rules and it's going, okay, you know, the, we're, we're in a drip. Do, are you using like a state kind of concept? I mean, just, I'm just curious, like, how is it all hanging together? Is this all code? Is this like database driven? Is this like, what, what's well, all notifications this whole thing? Are, all, is it just All notifications are stored in the database. We have a notification table. Right with the, okay. the the student that it, the recipient the course when it was when it was that's sent what you said yeah so that yeah. The, the subject the body everything relevant to it is stored in as a record right it's a record of everything they've ever they ever sent to them right um go on and where and, and where is the outgoing information stored is that also in a database or is that like in files code files like or is it like at the in the moment of the code file where where you're triggering the notification, you're writing the email out there. I mean, oh, the um, okay. So instantiate object student failed notification. Student fail, uh, failed lesson notification. I'm just making this up, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. It loads up. It says, okay, for the student core, uh, this this recipient. This could be the student themselves. If they're if they have an email address, it could be a student who's an adult learner. It could be a parent who set up the account. It could be another parent who didn't set up the account, but they're you know uh, have a supervisory account. Load up all the notifications we sent them, right? Or the metadata anyway. And Got then it, we yeah. decide, okay, do we want to send this or not? Yeah, okay, this would be a good thing. We should send this. Uh, this is Because there's also a priority with each one and an overdue. Yeah, there can be an overdue thing um, in some cases. And then it says, okay, we want to send this. Load up the HTML template. Because okay, so you like have a directory of, on disk. I have a, I have, of I have all, a directories of, so I have a directory of notifications <laughs> with a subdirectory of the email templates. So it'll be, you know, I'm Got sure it. within a year from now, I'll have like 100, 150 emails, right? Just like HTML pages, mm. right? And then I go yeah. in and, and I mean, I already have like a dozen of them that we sent, like account open, account closed, account, you know, here's your diagnostic and for, you know, that just that kind of the basic stuff, or we're kind of building it out. Does that make sense? Yeah, got it. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. So, I, I mean, because I'm thinking about, um, you know, what would it take to? So, it's, so what it sounds like is <clears throat> essentially you've got like it's it's custom coded into the system. Mm -hmm. um, to uh, the triggers are custom coded into the system, and then it's pulling in from templates. And so what I was wondering is like, uh, what would it look like if it was a CMS system where Sandy could access it, or or one or any of the editors could access it? But it it would be actually really really hard. To build yeah, that, it'd be, to it'd be hard to do that. Like, yeah, it'd be hard to do that. I mean, you could, I'm sure there is like a workflow email stuff that they built. They were all the stuff, you know, for enterprises and they have all the CMS and they have to build all this bullshit to, to support non-technical people and versions and all stuff. But, you know, for me, everything's stored. It's just a code base, right? It's just the templates. They're stored in Git. And um, yeah. I can code everything. Yeah. I can code everything in JavaScript. Why do I have to like create it in some other kind of fake no i mean this is what i did thing. it's what i did with nugget i mean i did exactly the same thing yeah um but yeah i don't know like that no that's that's cool and and then well i work with sandy just, i mean so i'm I, just I, curious yeah so i work just with sandy and i'll be like you know whenever i'm going emails i'm gonna take a look at this email what do you think 
you know, and she'll give me her feedback. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know if you want to say it that way. Maybe we should say this or, you know, so we go back and forth and I look at it on a, you know, on a, I, and like an iPhone or Android and I'll look at it. My, it's like, how's this look? Is it too long? Is the subject title right? Should it be more specific? Should it be more general? You know, and it's just kind of like getting a good sense of, like, yep, this is, and, and you really want to be as close as possible to like, what would you send to a parent? Like, let's mimic hmm. this highly conscientious, highly empathetic, highly knowledgeable tutor, you know, who would say, this is probably what I, I the, the, the parents should know this. This is what they need to know. You know, a lot of encouragement, a lot, a lot of, you know, uh, like, hey, this is going to happen, or this is what they've done, or this is what could happen if they do this, like stuff they get excited about, or, hey, here's a story of this student, and they did, they passed the calculus BC exam, and they were seven months old, <laughs> whatever, you know, other exciting mm, thing. Mm. Wow, that's, wow, they can do that? Because like a lot of parents just, what they have to understand is not all parents are totally dialed into what the hell's going on. Like they're kind of like, this looks kind of right. interesting, sign up, and they forget about it. They forgot, they forgot, they didn't really read everything. They certainly didn't understand anything. We certainly don't have everything explained by a long shot. Mm. One parent could have signed them up. The other parent you know, is not totally involved. Well, let's listen. Here's here's an example. Dad reads about it on Hacker News. He looks at it for ten minutes. And goes, this is kind of cool. You know, we we're just talking about how our daughter is just bored in math class. Tells mom, you know, we should look at this thing. Well, what is it? Oh, I think it's like Math Academy or something. She finds it. She's like, oh, I signed her up. Okay. Maybe he didn't, she didn't even add him as a guardian or kind of earlier accounts. He doesn't even know what the hell's going on. Maybe he's, maybe he's the math guy. Maybe mom is like not the math person. She gets emails about stuff, but she hasn't even get that many emails. So she doesn't know what's going on. Right. And she just kind of talks to the kids or you, and she gets like a weekly summary, but it's like, no, no, no. You need to be educating, motivating, encouraging um, parents, giving, also giving strategies to resolve situation, giving ideas, how to create an incentive structure that works. You know, I mean, just any number of things you can do to keep people, but because you're trying to help them succeed, right? And it's just like, think of all the, the conversations you had had when you, you're working out with a trainer and a trainer would say, you know, Justin, look, we can do this, this, and you can, let's shoot to lose 10 pounds in the next three months. All you got to do is this, and you've done a good job, but we need to, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as opposed to if he said nothing to you, this is a different it's a much lower level of effectiveness because he's trying to help you. You said mm. you wanted to lose weight or get stronger or fix your shoulder or whatever. Yeah. He's trying to help you. But if he doesn't continually remind you of the things you need to do and how to fix things and what could happen if you just were willing to do a few things, you know, your your success rate would be much, much lower. Your turn rate would be much higher. Mm. So my view so- is that, you <clears throat> know, just to sum it up, mm. the email system is going to be the parent's primary user experience that and then just talking to their their kid about like how's it going now they sometimes they will look over their shoulder and look at it sometimes they'll log in the administrative account and see stuff but a lot of parents they just want to get the email on their iphone and go oh so they did this okay good great oh wow so he's 60 percent of the way through it looks like he's going to finish in march okay that's great uh he didn't do anything yesterday to talk about that because he was on netflix all day you know that's what they want to do right mm-hmm. They don't, they don't want to have to log into things and they definitely don't want to depend on their kid telling them what's going on because kids spin the truth. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has a kid, right. once they get over a certain age, you're, you're getting spun constantly. You're not really getting the truth. They're always spinning it to their advantage and you realize, wait, you don't have any homework? No, no, we don't have any homework. 
Well, I know she had homework all week. No, yeah, we don't. Even. And then you find out like there was that homework all week. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, was there any other Math Academy news? Can we can we just take a a, a pause here? I'll be right back, and then we'll. Sure. Sorry. All right, I'm back, and I got the earphones in. Is Justin smarter than me? Yes, totally. Is Justin an awesome guy? Oh, for sure. I mean, this guy, Justin, is my hero. He told me I should use version control. He was totally right. He even told me to start writing database migration scripts. OMG. Just wow. Now I use version control and database migration, and it's all because of Justin. What a great guy. (laughs) In your dreams, buddy. (laughs) This is like your... This is like your your dream scenario. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. All right, so um, what's what's up next? What do you want to What do you want to talk about? Well, I was going to say, uh, was there any um, was there any Math Academy news? Other uh, other, uh, other Math Academy news? Like, are we are we still around the three hundred and fifteen subscribers? Something in that neighborhood. Yeah, we're um, you know, we okay. st- we still have a little bit of churn. We still have people coming in. We have more people coming in than we're churning, but mm-hmm. it's still kind of, you know, kind of flat. Um, it's not. It, it's going to do a step. That that uh, show HN is going to be a step function, basically. That's what I think. Hello. Justin. Hey, can you hear me? Hello. Hello. I lost you Hello. there. Got pretty jagged. Can you can you say it again? Can you hear me? I again? can hear you now. Yeah. What'd you say? I was just gonna say I think that I'm pretty sure that show HN is gonna be like a step function. Yeah, that'll be nice. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm not I, I, I'm not really worried about growth. I mean we're it's just it's just uh just a matter of time we just got to fix a few things improve a few things and then and then start in with the marketing the growth stuff we'll be okay um all right so no, no other news no other. um no that's pretty much that's that's pretty much working on the email system is the is the uh the, fo- the focus right now which i just, i mean i just okay. started on it like a few days ago so it's you know it, it, i mean it's building that it's building all the tech to handle it which i've got most of that working and then it's just writing individual notifications but you know based on different handling different situations did you, you said you did the same thing with nugget at one point yeah i mean basically yeah very like very similar um but it was more it was it was easier to do with nugget because it was more just like a point of completion like a point of complete like every time they finish a lesson mm-hmm. it click goes so I, I didn't have so many rules mm-hmm. But I did have um, a database table for every lesson that was in there. Mm-hmm. I had an email, mm-hmm. and for every what I what I would do is just a simple script that just went and said, "Okay, have they been in? When when was the last time that they looked at something? If they ha- if they've looked at something within twenty four hours, don't send anything. Mm-hmm. If they've looked at something uh, like it's been three days, then basically, what lesson were they looking at?" send them an email that says something along, hey, you were just working on such and such a lesson. Did you know that if you finish this lesson, you're going you're gonna, to uh, get this knowledge? And then the next lesson is this. So it's like this whole drip series of, of the entire course, basically. You know, mm-hmm. with a... And I, I could... Some lessons I wanted to really push it. So I was sort of like, okay, if they don't read this lesson for two days, um, send it to them. 
uh, and then uh, with every lesson, I did two emails. So one was like a two, a two or three or four days, and another one was like a seven, a eight, or a nine day. So basically, I'd I'd send two reminders at max for any lesson, and it was pretty effective. I mean, it really kept people just pushing through the whole linear course. Did you? Uh, it's different to what you're doing. Well, yeah. So that was what I was going to ask: is what kind of uh, how much difference did it make? Do you have any before after? Um, ballpark numbers or? i don't have before or after but i know that like um we had like 50 percent completion and i think that's quite rare mm. for these kinds of courses mm-hmm. you know? so you built like you built out so you built completion. out the drip email kind of right at the gate out of the gate yeah. so you yeah i right. mean it's just kind of common sense i mean and mm-hmm. we just haven't done any of that so it's obvious that there's a lot of low, low hanging fruit i, I mean I, I you know sort of you know, it's like one thing that Sandy and I always talk about is the, um, you know, Justin, Justin and I've already talked about is you do everything manually first and then you, yeah. you automate. And um, by doing it manually, then you really figure out what's going on. So like a lot of this is based on the huge number of support emails I've sent over the last year and a half answering parent questions or, you know, or, 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 or yeah. And then you could say, yeah, if I had sent this email first, this would have preempted their confusion or frustration. You know, so it's really just understanding that. Oh, you know, one thing we do need to talk about the I, I don't think hmm. we haven't talked about the whole discord referral discussion with, between Sandy and like half of the discord. Oh, right. No, group. we haven't. I mean, that, that's worth just summarizing a little bit. Right? Yeah, please. Right? Well, that was really yeah. cool. So I I think I started off and I asked about, you know, the referral, you know, about. I don't even remember what I asked. I maybe I said something, but then and you were you responded, and then then it was like you know, I mean a bunch of people, um, it, you know had had interesting things to say about how to how to do a referral program. People who, who really built their own referral programs and what to do, what not to do. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of context. Is this B two B? Is it B two C? Is it you know, you know what, what what is it a physical product? Is it a sur- you know, but um. So Sandy basically took over for us and just took over the mm. discussion. So she was on there and and was going back and forth. And um, she was first. She's like, "Can I? What do I do now? Do I post something? Like, yeah, just write whatever you want." She's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Just <laughs> post." It. So she was sitting there and and uh, and um, I think I had to go. I had to I'd do something. I came back later, and she in other words like a long, long ongoing discussion. But I really appreciated uh, everybody who jumped in and offered their advice um and sharing their experiences because that was that was extremely helpful because I've I've never done any I've never created a referral program. So mm. I didn't really I mean other than just sort of trying to guess. It was interesting the um the the big the biggest takeaway that I got from it was the idea that we've I think when we've talked about referrals in the past mm-hmm. or like viral marketing in the past, we've talked about things like Dropbox and they say, oh we'll give you 50% free if you send in another another person. Um, but what a big takeaway I got from that discussion was the motivation of, of referral can actually be more powerful if it's just someone feeling like they're doing something good for their friend, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, um, that could be the approach of math Academy more, more than the approach of giving money or giving free months or something like that, which may also be a part of it. Or maybe it's, it's a free month for the friend, not you or something like that. But, uh, what was your ultimate takeaway from that? Yeah, that was my that was the one I I thought was really good. I mean, there was a bunch of discussion around, you know, do we give the 
if we did give the money away, would we give it away right away or after 30 days if they renewed or maybe they just took the diagnostic? But all that kind of goes away if you're not giving the person the refer, you know, the free month or whatever you're giving the referee, the uh, or the referred, I guess, the uh, the free month. Then you don't really have to worry about mm. that kind of thing so much. Um and yeah. I kind of like that a little better. Uh, that's, I think that's probably where I'd start. But the good thing about this, you can experiment and see what works. But I like the idea of just, mm. you know, when you're most of the people who are doing this are probably going to be upper middle class type families. And, you know, 50 bucks a month is not that big of a deal. They're not going to be, you know, not like you're doing college students or whatever. And so I don't think that's like, going to be a huge motivator for them personally i can't find it right now um but i remember sandy saying something like i feel like it's a full-time job keeping jason on the straight and narrow just keeping him on the right on one track it's like my whole my life's work she said it's my life's work <laughs> yeah i thought i i think there was that got a lot of everybody thought that was really funny well because somebody somebody piped in later it says oh well jason could do this and jason she's like no 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 Jason cannot do this and Jason cannot do that. Like every time you say that, that's like a week of Jason's time. So, you know, she's like, quit telling Jason that do it. Quit coming with ideas for for things that Jason could work on. That was yeah, like- yeah, that's to to Robbie W. Uh yeah. thanks. Thanks. Uh keeping Jason on the rails is pretty much my life's work. And then there's our three kids, very much like him, in different but a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, she she very much acts as she kind of plays a few different she, she puts on a few different hats. I mean, one is she's um, she's like customer support, so she's the one that spends most of her time most of the time talking with the uh, customers back and forth, and so she knows the, the the parents and their kids or the adults and what they're trying to do and where they are, and like she just kind of ha- knows them by name. She's like, oh, that's so and so. They they live here, and this is what's going on. So she knows a lot about them and their situation. And so she does a lot of that, which is really helpful um, on a lot of levels. She does the kind of the project manager stuff a little bit. You know, she's sort of like, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, she really played an important role in getting me to get everything ready in time for the, you know, the Washington Post lot, you know, article. Getting the website up, getting the onboarding, getting the payment. Like, none of that stuff existed, right? We were still just sort of in this in the woods on on that. And she's just like, look. And so she wrote up a bunch of document, you know, she wrote up a bunch of the copy and she has brought up the whiteboard in the living room and says, okay, you got to do this and you do this and you got to do this. And so she kind of, you know, helped streamline and focus the effort because it's so as a, as a, as the engineer or product person, there's any number of things that you can work on. Right. And, and there's something, Oh, I want to work on this thing. Or somebody complained about this. Let me fix this real quick. But sometimes you have to have uh, like, a, you know, somebody saying like, is this really what you need to be spending time on? Right. Mm. You know, really we need to get this here's when it needs to be done. You need to someone to play the project manager. And, um, she does a really good job. I mean, that's that's kind of like one of her real strengths is that sort of that sort of thing. So she does a lot of that. Then of course she does all of the um, you know getting us accredited and you know a lot of the she'll take care of all of the the, the accountant stuff and legal stuff and all that. So I basically just write code and build product and do tech support. Well, talking about 
playing project manager for you and your kids. Um, I am being a little bit of a project manager for Colby. Mm. Oh yeah, um, to help him get to help him get a play uh, test session. Going. That was really cool. I really and appreciated I, that when you did that. I'm like, that's cool. That was really nice. Well, well, we well that was only just the beginning. So I, because I promised um, Colby that on today's show. We would set because I, I did it too late in the day, mm. right? I did it like the night before and mm. said, okay, let's have a playtest session tomorrow or something. So I think uh, what I'll say is on this show, we will have a playtest session. Wait, let, but I'm just thinking, oh man, I'm, I might be out of town next month, next Sunday. Let me just, just double check this. Sunday, this Sunday. What is it going to be? Oh crap, I'm out of town. Yeah, let's this. Shoot. Wait, wait, well, I, I don't need to be there. I don't need no, to be there. You don't. It can, but we can still do it on Sun. We can still do it on Sunday week, and so basically, that's going to be what Sunday the fifth, mm-hmm. right? So, if anyone can do a play testing session, but we need we need more than one person. We need like five people, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to be there so that uh, it, he can have an experience of what it's like to have a, a server full up of people who can sort of choose to play games with each other. And then the other thing that we did. Um, on, because um, Ben Boiter did did turn up to the session, we streamed it on Discord and we did this this screen sharing and Discord's perfect for that. Wow! So basically, everyone can watch one game. You mm. know, so you could have five people coming along, and you hopefully would be there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, supporting your son as you. Well, I'm should. actually going to be in Cancun and, um, next weekend, so I don't know. We'll have to see. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Though. Oh, so maybe it's not. No, a, no, no, no. It's, it's really totally it's totally fine. Weekend. I mean, dude, they got internet everywhere. But um, I, yeah, I, I think okay. it's better to just keep make them kind of regular like you like you're suggesting like every couple of weeks you know kind of keeps kobe moving forward fixing important their most critical issues yeah, i want yeah so so the thing yeah i was going to talk about that um he he doesn't know the, the 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 because obviously this is his first you know ever thing mm-hmm. like he doesn't he doesn't know about like the onboarding aspect and needing to teach people and needing to handhold people and treat people like they're completely stupid. And you have to explain every last little detail of which button to click and stuff like that. And so that's a piece that I don't know how to impart that. I don't know how to impart that information. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, like... I'll, I'll talk to him a little bit about it. I think, I think what I what he should probably do is just record a uh, screencast, like a three minute screencast. About how to get started, how the game mm. works, right? I mean, he could do that, um, and then maybe right. he could send it to you and or me. We can get a little feedback. Say, you know, you need to clear this up. This is not clear because he's, um, yeah, he he's never done this before, and he's an eighteen year old kid. So you know, exactly. It's just just no, you know, like this this experience happens over years. You know, learning different aspects of product building. But it's um, super cool that he's doing that. This is happening, right? Like, I mean the. You know, it's interesting. So he he um, texted me. Let me see what it, if I can find it. He texted me. He he drew out some screens. He says, uh, "I don't know what op op operations on UX redesign of friend menus." So he had a bunch of, um, you know, whatever like the screens, like just like you know mockups. He actually drew on pencil and paper, right? Or what he's gonna mm, do. Nice and. 
I said, cool. I said, is this in response to user confusion during last weekend's play test? He says, a bit. Also, the friend menus are held together with scotch tape. I said, right. And he says, I just thought of it and wrote it down so I don't forget. And then so we went back and forth. And I said, I basically went through a lot of the, um, why it's so important to like have a continual release cycle. And I said, no user interface survives contact with the user and you just need to, and, and what differentiates successful companies or successful products and ones that aren't successful is rate of iteration, rate of learning, you know, that all the mm. stuff that's, yeah. you know, anyone who's been doing this for any time learns. And um, but these are things that you don't necessarily learn even as, a, as an engineer. These are things you learn in startup world, right? Because you're mm, kind of, exactly. you're abstract away from all that. Right, you just yeah. write good code or something. You have to be building the full product to it to to learn those things. Yeah, or at least um, be the product manager say, or something like that. But you don't learn that as a young twenty-three-year-old or four-year-old, even. You know, it's just not. No, but it's like it's what you're going through. Like it's the pain of the customer support that makes you go, "Oh crap, I've got to put this in there so that I don't keep getting this fucking customer support email." You know, like that's that's how the product gets better. And so he he needs he needs that you know more of us going in there more people testing the game. Mm -hmm. Um. So what what do you think about suggest like uh, Sunday the fifth of February, mm -hmm. um, at like two. Uh, no, he said he said he's got a game. So five p.m. Pacific. Five p.m. Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, yeah. You think you could make it? I don't know. So I'm um, so Early has a gymnastics meet in Cancun, Mexico. So, um, and I'm flying down with her. So Sandy is hosting the, the gala for, um, young and healthy. So this is huge fundraising gala thing she's putting together. So she can't go to tip, you know, obviously Sandy is very involved in the gymnastics and doesn't miss them, but she can't go to this one. So I'm flying down with her and we're flying down on this Thursday and flying back coming back Monday. So, um, I'll be down there. I don't really know what this, I mean, I, I think I have a schedule, an email, of the containing the competition schedule, but there's eerily, you know, has a whole list of things that she wants to do. She's like, I want to do this. I want to do this. And I want to do this. And I was like, boy, that sounds familiar. <laughs> That's just like her mom. Her mom is like a big scheduler. Like I, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And I just said, they're going, yep. That's that apple did not far, fall far from the tree. So she has the whole thing planned out. All the stuff we're going to do. So I don't have a hundred percent. All right. Well, clarity on that. Okay, so I'll say this. Anyone who would like to um, participate in that, in the Discord, um, in the Colby Game channel, just say if you can, if you can make it uh, next Sunday, the 5th of February at 5 p.m. Or maybe and they could, not, maybe they could time, yeah, yeah, if not what time, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if not what time, what days would be good for you. Um, just to try and, because it'd be cool to get online five people at once. And obviously, Jason and myself can't do next Sunday, so well, it's not it very long. I mean, it's, after, it's not a very long. You know? It's not like it takes very long, right? I mean, you guys no, were you no, guys you, were off, and like you need like half an hour. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't yeah, very long. Half an hour, and you know, it doesn't require your full. But with everyone streaming on Discord, that's also fun. You know, it's fun. Everyone can listen, and everyone can talk and participate, and everyone can watch the the, the education of Colby so. Roberts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it was cool. I mean, were you able to yeah. see the game at all? Or were you able to? get on or, or or you know or do anything or not yeah yeah we were we, we, we myself and Cob. i uh i played a game with colby and ben played a game but i couldn't really get into the game mm -hmm. yet because it just it's just not ready to 
to be involved in mm. playing the game. It's more like sort of testing it out, mm-hmm. you know, testing the functionality. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I th- I think it's going to be not good. bad for an eighteen year old. I think it's huh? going to be good. No, it's, man, good. it's written all that stuff from scratch has been. The code base is clean. I think you. I think you. Well, you looked at the code base a little aspect at, at one point, right? Didn't I share it? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. good. Yeah. Um. I. I. I mean. I. I think he's taking some good computer science classes in college and all that, but I don't think it's nearly as valuable as uh, this. Actually, now, this has been. This is probably one of the best ideas I've had <laughs> for like helping him, helping him or whatever. I mean, it's like uh, building a game from scratch. No, don't you not using a game engine, not using a rendering engine, just having to do everything, you know, all the database stuff, all the UI stuff, just no framework, go build it, make it work, you know. Um, I mean, again, I'm not against using game engines or rendering engines or anything like that, but I, this is an educational um, effort as much as it is sort of a, a, a way, a, a, a potential product or venture at some point. So did you watch The Protector? The Protector? I can't remember. Did you recommend that one? Well, I didn't recommend it. I said that I had watched a Turkish show called The Protector that I Mm. thought was kind of okay. And I recommended that you didn't watch it, but you said you were going to watch it. You know, I did I said, I really doubt that you're going to like it. And you said, you know, I'm going to try this. I will. I'll try. You know, um, I did watch the first episode of The Last of Us. Have you heard of that one? Oh, what's that? It's no. like uh, it's on HBO Max. It's like a it's like a zombie apocalypse kind of thing, but it's like twenty years after the apocalypse, and uh, it's based on a video game called The Last of Us, and um, okay. it's pretty good. It was funny. I went on IMDb and it said nine point four. I was like nine point four, like that's must be amazing. I mean, that's like Breaking Bad, you know. Season. I mean, that's like yeah, you've never seen anything higher than that, you know. And it's not a nine point four. Like there's some, there's been some shenanigans with the IMDb. Yeah, stuff. Sure, I mean, I, right. I give it. I mean, it's a seven three seven five. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's 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 pretty good. But um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'll, I'll be only, I've only watched the first episode. Maybe it'll get better. So we'll see. And I I, I mm. watched the first couple episodes of the shooter. Have you seen the shooter? Seven eight eight. Ryan Felipe. He he does like um. He's like a. He was like a sniper. He was like one of these like amazing, like you know, best sniper ever. And he's called back to help the president, you know, because the president there's someone who's going to try and kill him, and they think it's the sniper that was sort of like his nemesis. And I don't know, things go sideways, unsurprisingly. So mm-hmm. that looked actually pretty good. I watched the first two episodes, and that was that was not bad. But I haven't. Um, oh, here's one. Here's a recommendation for you. Um, we watched um, the Pez Outlaw, which was this uh, quirky. The Pez Outlaw. The, the, it was a quirky yeah, documentary. You, did you you heard of it? So it just popped up, and I, I I've heard of it, but I didn't see it. Yeah, I I, I wasn't really sure. Uh, I, I, I was like I was like I just need something to turn on. Um, Sandy, because sometimes it's Sandy will stay downstairs after dinner. We'll watch them. Sometimes she's like, I'm I'm going up because like she dogged wake her up at the crack of dawn and she's just like i'm out and so then i'm sitting there down there with justin and one or two of the kids i'm like what are we gonna watch so i just turned on i'm like pez outlaw and just of course justin doesn't know what the, he's he's working the whole time he doesn't even look up i'm always like do you even know what show we, we just watched and he's like megamind no 
my sense of yours. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I was always teased about, but so, um, and I was just like a rando thing I turned out, but it was actually pretty funny. So this guy, he's like selling sort of like, uh, uh, contraband Pez dispensers to collectors. And he like goes and gets access to them. And, you know, people are shadowing him and it's, he's making tons of money. It's, it's just really f- weird, funny story. Oh, so, so he's going to like China and getting them made. Or yeah. Something? I'm, I won't tell you where or how, but he's gets access to, <laughs> you know, these really, all these really quirky, cool Pez dispensers that are not even available in the United States. And I mean, people are like, Thousands and thousands of dollars for them. Oh man! And um, that's funny. A lot of backdoor dealings and sneaking through customs. And he's <laughs> one guy said he had like this. He had like troll magic. It's like this weird little guy had like troll magic. So like, where does he get these? And it was just one of those weird things. I t- I turned on. I said, I said, this is either going to really suck or be really good. <laughs> it has actually. It was good. So the troll, the Pez outlaw. If you like quirky documentaries, I wanted to watch okay. that. Um. That one about like Pepsi, where's my jet? You know. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw that. Oh, was it was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, I give it a I give it a solid, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Okay. I wasn't amazing. Right. I was amazing. The um, the one that I thought was really good, which I think I told it was the 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 Madoff one was good. And the best I, one that I remember. I am like one. Okay. I was going to say, the best documentary that I've seen in the last few years, the one that I just stick, I always remember is is Don't Fuck With Cats. That was good. That was good. Don't Fuck With Cats. Every time I talk to someone, they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. Don't (laughs) Fuck With Cats. I think, I'm pretty sure it's Netflix. That's a a must watch one. Definitely watch that. Is it about cats? No. Not really. Not really about that. It's about. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give the highest level explanation without giving any spoilers away. So there's some guy, some evil bastard on the internet, and starts out. It's the first thing is he like looks like he like tortures or kills a cat, tor- tortures a cat, and all these people on the internet try and track him down. You don't fuck with cats, right? But oh, that's yeah, just the yeah, beginning yeah, of the yeah, story. Okay. And this guy's a little more evil, maybe than than they uh, understood Jeez. and maybe where they prepared for. It's, it's I'd watch, I, now I'm thinking about it, man, I should watch that again. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds cool. That sounds No, you good, gotta right? watch it. If you haven't seen um, it, you gotta watch that one. I mean, that's like the, uh, that, I, th- I think that's probably one of the better, if not, the, you know, one of the best documentaries I've seen on Netflix for sure. I can't think, I can't remember any I've other been ones. Impressed with, yeah. I've been impressed with Korean TV. So I haven't seen um, I haven't seen Squid Game yet, but I started with uh, Jung E, which was like number one movie on Netflix. Netflix, mm-hmm. which was just this, you know, it's just this. Uh, I mean, I was going to say like ninety percent of it is CGI, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like AI gone mad mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but it's 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 it reminds me of um, something like Transformers. Um, but like with a little bit of, uh, emotionality mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. it. Uh, then I told you that I had watched the extraordinary attorney Wu, And then I, and then I watched my name. Have you, did I tell you about that? My name, my name. No, that was actually one of the, one of the best ones is this, this girl, her, she's, she's like a, I don't know, like a 19, 20 year old. And <clears throat> 
her dad uh, gets killed right in front of her. And the whole show is about, it's like eight, eight uh, episodes of her getting revenge. Mm. Like gradually, but she, but she doesn't, she doesn't know anything. So she's trying to get revenge. So she's like starting in a very naive way Mm -hmm. and trying to get her best version of revenge. And then she gets deeper and deeper Mm -hmm. into it. And then it's like season eight, then she, well, episode eight. And it's, it's good. It's, it's good. But they do something interesting in some of the Korean shows. There's another one that I'm watching right now, which is called Sisyphus. Sisyphus. <laughs> Sisyphus. Sisyphus. And it's about, okay. it's, a, it's about time. Tra- yeah. From the Greek yes, god Sisyphus. Great. It's, mm-hmm. it's time travel related. But th- there's, there's something that they do in a few of these shows. Like when... Okay, let's say let's say I'll, I'll try and do the setup. Like, there's a character who's who's bad, who's who's who everyone thinks is a jerk, mm-hmm. and then you find out actually they're not a jerk. They're a really good person. They're just sort of being like a jerk. But then when you find out the deeper context of them, you realize they're a good person. And here's here's a, a shot of them giving free toys to kids. You know, right? Like, right. Do you, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about? Yep. The turnaround. They get to that moment and they milk it. They make it last for like 60 seconds. Like the person's in slow motion giving the toy to the kid and the camera's just slowly moving around and the music's like really pleasant and happy. And it just lasts for like 60 seconds. Just the person giving the toy to the kid. It's so weird. Sounds boring. Is it actually watchable? That sounds like torture. It's so strange. Uh. So strange. Just just these, these moments, like they're very slow, these reveals. Huh. And, but not all of the shows. Like, for example, that doesn't happen in My Name, but it does happen in Sisyphus hmm. and uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Extraordinary Attorney Wu. Okay. Um, Are you listening to any podcasts these uh, days? Are any good? No, I don't. And I'm impressed that you can do anything and work at the same well, time. Well, I don't. I listen to podcasts when I'm walking the dog or when I'm working out. Not oh, when I'm okay. working, typically. Um, and Unless it's sort of like, uh, it's sort of like, lower end work meaning not that not that interesting or that difficult and you're just gonna get bored otherwise so you have to have something to listen to like when i listen to that sequel light interview on co-recursive that i could listen to that but oftentimes i'll start something and i immediately pause it. i'm like i can't i can't focus when i'm doing this but um there's a really good interview tim ferris had a really good interview of bill Gurley, who was the um one of the like the really successful venture capitalists at um benchmark and uh, that was a that was a really good episode. Um, yeah, that was. I was, I was trying to think. You know, sometimes you listen to podcasts. You know, that, like these are ones that you actually would refer to people. You say, "Look, listen to this." <laughs> like a lot of Tim and Curse interviews are with people I'm just not that interested in. It's just not that compelling for me. But that was that was really good. Um, but you don't do you not listen to any podcasts these days or what? Not really. You just create them. No. Have you noticed how? SQL Lite, ever since it was first created, just keeps on cropping up on the front page of Hacker News one way or another. It does. Like, it does. You just keep on seeing it, like a new aspect of it. Like once every, I don't know, once every couple of months, SQL Lite, SQL Lite. And then now fly.io, I believe, is is like a big thing about SQL Lite. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, really, it's, how's it related? I think that fly fly.io one of the things that it can do is enable you to uh create 
SQLite in production and it does uh, replication of the of the databases. Okay. You know. Yeah. So it it, let, it lets you re- full full scaled uh, reduction versions uh, systems with SQLite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that you know the the SQLite. I mean, listen to the story. I mean, he he. Uh, I mean, he really got into it. Really worked hard on it, um, and you know, really tried to create great software. Um, really, ma- uh, extensive coverage of a uh, test coverage, which you would like. Um, so he talks a lot about mm. that, um, yeah. and he built everything from scratch, which I like. Um, but uh, he didn't give up, right? He just kept working on it. I mean, he, he you know, they had some success pretty early. Of, yeah, I think it was like one uh, company was Motorola, or one of these companies, Symbian, or whatever, wanted to work with them, and. Um, Got some. Oh yeah, it's on every phone now. I mean, every phone has multiple SQL. Yeah. SQLite. Do you say is is a SQLite? I don't know. Yeah, SQLite. SQL, Pretty SQLite, much every SQLite. App. SQLite. Yeah, SQLite. <laughs> yeah. But it's every fridge. Yes. Yeah, every kettle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So I uh, a couple of things I wanted to bring up real quick. So so here's a um, uh, funny one. So um. The other day, I don't know how I just came in. I got this email or something, and I or I saw that they were having an alien con at uh, the Pesci Convention Center. And mm. I told Izzy because I make Izzy watch. Sometimes we'll like watch like a really good, um, like the, the UFO stuff or UAP stuff that'll pop up on, uh, you know, Amazon or whatever. I'm like, oh, watch the Fomino. Let's watch this mm. really good. Let's watch the thing about the Tic Tac and the. Then the pilots and the radar and stuff, you know. So I made her watch of those, and I'm like, "What do you think?" She's like, "Yeah, it's really cool." She's like, "That she's like," um, and so so I made her watch like a handful of those with me over the past you know year or so, and because she's the only one to watch watch them with me. I guess Sandy used to, but she's just whatever. But she's seen them all at this point, and so I got Izzy. I'm like, "All right, Izzy, we're gonna watch this," and um, so I'm like Izzy, this Alien Con. At uh, at Pasadena Convention Center, and I thought she'd be like, whatever, you know. <laughs> she's like, I want to go. I'm like, really, you know? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, and I thought she was just like yanking my chain, just kind of, you know, not really serious. And um, but she came and asked me. She's like, did you get tickets yet? I'm like, to what? And she's like, to Alien Con. I'm like, oh, you were like, you really want to go? And she's like, yes. And like I kept forgetting, she kept going. She's like, "Dad, tickets." So I finally, so I finally got us tickets. It's like I think it's like the weekend of the fourth and fifth or something like that of March. Oh, well, nice. it's right here. It's like we oh, could March. go in. Okay. And we just walk. I mean, Lily's walking distance, so we could walk over. And you don't have to dress like aliens. That that's not that. It's not a cosplay. It's not. It's not uh, Comic Con. <laughs> and so. Oh, it's like it's like serious. Yeah, it's like the it's like UAP. It's like the, it's like the pilots. It's UAP stuff. It's yeah. like the serious stuff. You know, okay. there are some stuff that's like, like really like, you know, like hardcore. Like you know, recent UAP sightings and you know what's what the what's the because there there has been a, a, another bill that was passed to formalize the reporting in military channels and what the department of defense is how it's categorizing and looking into these things. So it's stuff like that. Right. Um, and there are, there were a couple of sessions that looked like a little more speculative, you know, a little more of the ancient aliens kind of like, I don't know, maybe, you know, which that, that stuff doesn't really interest me, but I think, you know, she might find that more fun. So maybe we'll, 
you know, do a few things. She's like, well, you know, dad, my, I'm, I'm mostly interested because I want to go to the uh, gift shop because <laughs> I want to get, I want to get, uh, what they call it, swag. And I'm like, well, if we're going to get swag, I'll fine. We'll get you some t-shirts and mugs, but we got to go sit. She's like, okay, I just hope it's not too boring. I'm like, don't worry. We'll, if something's boring, we'll walk out. No work deal. But I was, I was more than anything, I was like, this would be a really good, like father daughter time. You know, I mean, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't think we're going to be there all day. We'll go see a couple, sit on two or three, maybe tops and buy some, buy some stuff, which is good because I'm going down like a few weeks before that to spend a whole weekend in Cancun with Airlies Gymnastics. So it's like, mm. it's nice to kind of balance it out. You know, I mean, I've spent a lot of time with Colby in college, flying up to Oregon, getting him checked in, spending the weekend with him. So it's kind of, you know, when you got multiple kids, you have to kind of like make sure everybody's getting time. Yeah, everybody's getting their they're due, right? Everybody's getting their time. Everybody has their dad time or their mom time, you know, at least as much as they want. And, um, you know, like with Izzy, well, funny, Aerily really likes space stuff, like astronomy, astrophysics stuff. So anything about like Mars rovers or black holes or, or whatever, like hardcore science stuff, like she's into that. So if there's something on, I'm like, hey, there's this thing on you know, whatever the, the, the web telescope or whatever. She's like, Oh, you know, so we'll watch that. Izzy is like anime or like, I, I said, we're going to watch all of these old science fiction movies, which I think I talked about a, about a month ago, right? Like the blob and the fly. And did you watch Quatermass? They don't have it. I want it look good. And I, you told me how it freaked you out, but they don't have available on Amazon. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. So I'm going to, I'm okay. going to keep checking in. But we still have a few more, you know, good ones. And we've seen a lot of the good ones. King Kong, The Day the Earth Stood Still. I mean, we've seen a lot of the a lot of the the major ones, but there's still there's still a handful I think we had to see. The thing from Outer Safe, which is remember the remake the thing with Kurt Russell in the eighties. So it was mm-hmm. the original. So it was kind of cool to see the original because, you know, Izzy is um, you know, like I said she's into writing. She's a creator. And so I'm like, let's, this is like the primordial soup. These are the primitives of like a pop culture. There's a lot of these science fiction and monster movies that were in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. You know, we just remakes and remakes of these things. Let's see the originals, you know. Oh, I remember something. Hmm. I watched the entire three seasons of The Boys. Uh, good? Oh See? yeah. Really okay, good. so I have good really credit good. credit here. I have some good credit. Like uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, really good. Invincible and, boys um, is good, sh- good shit. I really like Jack Quaid as an actor as well. He's he's one of those I I think he's going to do really Which well. Which one is Jack Quaid? You know, he's got is he Butcher? He, Jack, he's the main character. He's the oh, main yeah, young yeah, guy. Yeah, he, he's good. You know? Yeah, he's good. I I think he's going to do really well cuz he's 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 got he's one of those actors who can be completely innocent and also could be completely bad and in between. Um, so it's just, oh, it's the just acting a great, is it's great. just a the great, and, and of, the, the, his he, relationship between Starlight, he, his growth is great, but, the, but the, the main bad guy, Homelander Oof. is so, um, just new levels of twistedness every time, like every time he does something just even more weird and twisted. And it's like, Oh my God, this, this character is created he, out of the mind of madness. He's a psychopath. Yeah. He's a psychopath. <laughs> but the, um, but the one guy is is literally Johnny Depp. I mean, he is um, Jack Captain Jack Sparrow. Are like you talking about Butcher? Hundred percent. Carl Yeah, Urban. But Butcher is just taken straight away from Jack. Well, like, he's acting it like Jack Sparrow. Hundred percent. He even he even says parley. 
<laughs> I mean, he literally says parlay one time. Like so, it's just. Yeah. But he's much more. But he's much more. He's, he's much cool. more a badass. He's much more evil and and uh, he's super cruel cool. and you know than than Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow's oh, yeah, a, yeah. a pussycat, right? No, but no, but, I know. Uh, I yeah, know. no, it's great. It's the, a, the, the, the mannerisms. The okay, mannerisms. yeah, no, I'm yeah, sure he so probably. He, you know, I wouldn't Frank. surprise me if he if he had taken a little bit of a um, influence. Was influenced by that. Well, you know what's funny? You think about influences in shows. Um. um oh God! What was the so, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. So he he really yeah. took um, Clint Eastwood. He was really doing Clint Eastwood. Oh, really? And uh, okay. like Dirty Harry and something. So I'm like, man. And when I look at, him, I'm like, he really is Clint Eastwood. He's right. He's he channeled Clint Eastwood for the Wolverine. It's funny when he said that. It's interesting how his actors say, "Like, I'm like, yep, that I totally see that now." Um, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Oh, you know, it was funny um, the other day. Um, what was it? Uh, like Izzy was like, I want to watch the original Batman TV series. I was like, really? Like, oh, boom, wow. bam, you know, that That's kind of thing. Cool. I was like, okay. With Adam, Adam West. Yeah, right? yeah. I was like, okay. You know, because like I said, she's, she's the, you know. Well, she, I don't know. She's just curious about all this kind of stuff. So we watched like a couple episodes and it was actually pretty entertaining. And I was like, Early, do you want to? It was funny thing was, I was like, Early, do you want to watch? Um, this was like a Friday. It was Friday night. And I said, "Early, do you want to watch uh, the original Batman series with with uh, me and um, Izzy?" And she's like, "I get to study." And I'm like, "It's Friday night." She's like, "Yeah, I get to study." I'm like, "On a Friday night?" She's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> Izzy and I were like, "Nerd." <laughs> she, she's like such a well, she's such a serious student because of the gymnastics and all that kind of stuff. She's trying to, mm. you know, she knows getting straight A's is a big part of that whole project. So it was just like, wow, that's intense. Like a fourteen-year-old going to study and do homework on a Friday night. Either that, or she really did not want to watch the Batman TV series. <laughs> just possible. But oh, I was gonna say, so Izzy has decided to get back on her uh, making her um, her. Um, uh, what's it called? Gotcha uh, animations. You know, on YouTube. Remember, remember how she she mm-hmm. she started that that channel, and it got like mm-hmm. she had like fifteen hundred subscribers, and it was growing, and then she abandoned mm-hmm. it, completely abandoned it, mm-hmm. and now it has twenty five thousand. Isn't that crazy? I know, she walked right? away from it and then just kept growing. Tells twenty twenty four thousand nine hundred or something, and so Sandy mm-hmm. finally talked her into it, and she's like, Izzy. She's like, if you want to go to like, because she's interested in going to one of these kind of like uh, conservatories or these art schools that do like animation, filmmaking, you know, kind of multidisciplinary kind of thing. She's like, well, you need a portfolio to even apply to these kind of places, right? And she's like, and mm. your portfolio is online, right? Like you just keep yeah, you doing just, this, yeah. right? You walk in and say, I got a hundred thousand <laughs> subscribers. Like that's a that's a big that'd be cool. That's a big thing. As opposed to saying, I took a couple classes and then a summer program. It's like, well, I got you know half a hundred thousand subscribers. <laughs> like you know, I've already created like you know a huge amount of content. So um, so she's back on that, which is which is cool. I'm excited. I'm excited about see her lean into that. Two minutes. You just gave me the sign. Two minutes. <laughs> Shut up, Jason. Quit talking. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> no worries. I got. It's almost time for we get to go get our Sunday ice cream. Oh, one oh, last yeah. thing. I got nice. one last thing to tell you. you so, Harley's for her fifteenth birthday, which 
she wanted to, she had, you know, five of her friends, she wanted to do an escape room. So we went to, um, oh, we went yeah. to escape room last night. I took, I took, I think they had to have an adult since there were kids under 16 or something. That one in Pasadena that we went no, to? No, uh, I went to, uh, this one was on Silmar, which is 30 minutes mm. away. And um, we didn't mm. solve it. Oh, so, well, there were six of us. So it was kind of on the lower end of the numbers. And um, two or three of them were really good. But then a couple of the kids were not as engaged and not problem solving like they should be. And it just, I don't think we had quite the, uh, I mean, we had a lot of brain power when we went, right, Justin? I mean, right. that was crazy. Yeah, who did we go with, with again? Phil? Who, who, who was we there? My buddy Todd was yeah. there, right? Was my buddy Todd there? He was smart. Yeah, Todd is yeah. really smart. Of course, Phil's a dummy, but you know, he gets lucky sometimes. <laughs> no, Phil's smart. I, I mean, Phil, we had you. We had you. you. We had oh, you. That's yes. the main point. But we had all the math academy kids. We had like four right. math academy. Yeah, yeah, so we yeah. had, you know, we had kids, but they're all like yeah. super smart and they were super aggressive. Remember, they were like frenetic. <laughs> they were really solving, like, who could solve yeah. everything the fastest? And I think I was, you or Todd yeah. were like, dude, slow down. Because <laughs> they were like, <laughs> you know, they just went nuts. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, give us, let us enjoy the I mean, they were right? like, solve everything in 19 <laughs> seconds. I was like, Jesus, guy, I can't even, I didn't even chance to look in this box. It's like he's already solved the puzzles. <laughs> yeah. And like, remember, we set the record. We set they 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 told us we set the record at that at that um at that uh, escape room Pasadena. That was pretty cool. I mean, it That's did surprise funny. me because we were going yeah. fast, like room to room to room, but we didn't we didn't end up um, solving it. But the uh, it was fun. The 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 kids the kids had fun. The the tricky part was so I'm the one adult, and these are all like high school freshmen. So like I had to be there, but I didn't want to be like the uncool dad. You know, I didn't want to be like too involved or he's just like, dad, what are you doing? But, I, you know, it's like, I don't be the awkward guy in the corner. <laughs> it's like, like, your dad is a weirdo. What's he doing? You know, it's like, how do I participate <laughs> and be helpful, but not take over and t- telling everybody what to do and just be really annoying. So it was, but I got a, I got a thumbs up from her this morning. She, she told Sandy that I, I nice. just the right level of involvement. So that was good. So I got the, and I'm telling you, to get a thumbs up from a 15-year-old teenage daughter with her friends is not easy. That is not an easy. Well, here's the funny part. The funny part. So last night, before her friends start coming over, it's like five o'clock and I was just, um, I just walked the dog and I was still, I was walking, I had my like Birkenstocks on, you know, my hoodie and I was just bumming around. I wasn't, and she's like, are you going to wear those tonight? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's like i am and i'm thinking like that means dad you better not wear those today <laughs> and i go yeah, I, that was right. so funny because that's exactly how sandy she, sandy won't say you know i don't think you should wear those or i don't think i think you should change or i'm not sure that she'll just go she'll just ask me in the nicest way is that what you're gonna i'm like is that what you're gonna do and i'm like Okay, I guess that's probably what not. I, sh- I probably should do that. The fact that she's literally asking me that question is her way of saying, "Please don't do that." And uh, so it was funny. I'm mm-hmm. like, "Boy, she takes after her mom." So I was like, "No, no. I was like, "No, no. Don't worry. I'm I'm gonna change and put on a nice sweater and everything." <laughs> I was like, "My dad looking uncool for my friends. Like that's not." That was so funny. I you know it's funny because I was wearing I was you know you know Sunday after or was it no Saturday it was. 
you know, walking the dog, still kind of bumming around, haven't, you know, and you're, and I had it in my head. I said, I'll bet you she's gonna say something to me, you know, and I was like, I wait, I wait, and, I, and then she did. I was like, yep, there we go, 15 year old daughter, right on cue. <laughs> she's like, this is how I want things to go because she's very much like her mom too. She's like, a very clear idea how she wants things to go. So, I. I got a thumbs up. That's nice. I got a thumbs up. So that was a win. Well done, All right, man. man. So our two minutes is is, is up. We're going to close down shop. That's wait, right. Hey, I want to ask a question. I guess what we didn't hear about Play Strong. Did you get you no know, updates? Or are we just going to wait till next? No, there is no updates because I'm, I'm uh, basically what I'm doing right now is there's stuff that I've got to do for Modern Teacher. There's stuff that I've got to do for True Space. And I'm be able to start... Um, it's really sort of full on on those mm-hmm. two until around February. So I'll be starting on Play Strong in February. Okay. So yeah. Okay. I, I don't have, won't have there any updates no till then. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. All right. All right man. That's a wrap. We're out.